What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talking Down Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And KT. And Joy is not here. She's on vacation. She left us. But we're all here. And uh, thank you guys for staying with us. Uh, we didn't put out an episode last week. It was just a lot going on. Some of the stuff which will be um, entailed in this episode. But we thank you guys for continuing to listen. Like, even though we didn't put out an episode, like, we got a lot of people listening and hitting us up, you know, and asking about us and stuff like that. So we definitely appreciate you guys. Um, remember to hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash talkitoutpodcast, instagram.com slash talkitoutpodcast, and twitter.com slash talkitout underscore pod. Use the hashtag talkitoutpod for a retweet and all that good stuff. What's up, y'all? Um, today I want to, before we get into it, offer a huge trigger warning, um, for, um, discussion of, um, self-harm, suicide, just overall mental illness in general. So if those topics will be, if they're too, too deep for you, too intense, uh, you might want to skip on this episode, but we'll understand, um, if not... Uh, stay tuned for this discussion. All right, we got the lovely KT here, and um, yeah. Usually, you know, we're interviewing other guests, but today I'm going to talk to uh, KT, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the reasons that I I put up some things on social media about praying for KT and stuff like that. Um, and just, we're just gonna talk about it. All right, KT, can you can you pretty much just explain? Um, what happened or what has been happening in your life as far as um mental illness goes oh okay yep so um the reason why we were gone um like gabby said there was a lot going on um but the main reason really was because um a little bit before july uh I actually had a really horrible, terrible panic attack, and uh, it took it. It threw me into a frenzy, really. Um, and at that point, I admitted myself into um, a mental hospital here, where I live. So um, mostly, we were gone because I was I was there in the mental hospital. What exactly um, drove you to that point where you were like, "Okay, I have to get help." this is this is becoming too much because um as far as just from what i know mental illness has been something you've been dealing with for a long long time so what what took you over the edge to where you were like okay i gotta get help yep great question so yeah you're right um i definitely have been dealing with mental health for a really long time uh probably since i was like 12 or 13 uh, maybe even before that i just can't really remember it um but for a really long time, I was coping on my own. And when I say coping, I don't necessarily mean like, oh, I was doing something really healthy. Uh, definitely coping sometimes is a is a negative um, thing that you can do, whether that be self-harm or drinking or like just doing negative things um, that is obviously not good for your body. Um, but then it got to the point where like, and again, trigger warning, but I had attempted suicide multiple times mm. uh, over the course of my adult life. Like within probably the last year and a half, I've probably attempted, I would say like four to six times. 
And the last time that it happened, um, I got really scared because I wasn't afraid to die the last Mm. time. And um, all other times I was really, really afraid, like even while I was doing it and I was going through it, I was still really afraid. But like the last time I wasn't afraid. So because of that, I was like, okay, this is serious. I need to get help. It was all all your your idea to get help. Like nobody... Nobody had to to force you to go. It was just pretty much your decision. Like, this has gone too far. It was, it, it had to be me. And I'm not saying that there weren't people in my life that were rooting for me to go. Um, but the Sunday before I had actually admitted myself into the hospital, um, I had went. I had went to the hospital because I was feeling really suicidal. Um, and I played it off. I played it off real cool. Um, they didn't admit me because I, I was, I literally played it off cool. And it's because I did not want to go to the hospital. I didn't. And um, I, if, if I had not decided consciously myself that I myself wanted to go to the hospital, then I still would have played it off cool every single time with the doctors. Um, on the the following Wednesday after that Sunday, I went to the hospital, and um, at that point, I actually told them what had happened and how I was feeling and things like that. I was real. I was real with them. And so because of that, it, it wasn't like they forced me to go. It was that they recommended me to go, and I, and I knew for a fact that like I really needed to go because I've been attempting to suicide all these times, you know? Right. Now it's real. So yeah, right. I mean, I'm not saying my family wasn't a big factor of me going and like my partner and things like that to try and make um what I was feeling and our like my mental health period be better, but mostly if I wouldn't have made that conscious decision, then I wouldn't have went. We'll go more into the treatment and stuff like that and your experiences um after admitting yourself in a second. But I do want to go into, um, like, what what would you say? Because I'm sure there's people who have known people that are suicidal or have suicidal thoughts or they're, they're worried about. What would you say is the best course of action for them to best help the loved one that is going through stuff like this? Well, first of all, like there are some things that you absolutely shouldn't say to someone who's really depressed or someone who's having really suicidal thoughts. Um, things like like don't don't say there are other people who have it worse than you. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's yeah, one of the yeah, biggest yeah. things like I always heard, especially like from my mom, like, oh, you're just it, you're overreacting. There are people out here in the world who have it so much worse than you. Um, The best thing that you can say to someone is, are you okay? How are you feeling today? Right. Listen to them. Like, honest to God, I I feel like if I would have had an outlet to tell someone, uh, if I wouldn't have faked it so long, if I would have told somebody, I wouldn't have been where I was at. So with you, did like nobody reach out or anything? Is that what stopped? Is that what, you know? Maybe, um, you know, is that what contributed, not contributed, contributed, but were you in a situation where there were like no people reaching out to you or something? In my situation, I think it's different. Um, 
because I'm such a good actor. Because I coped with it so long. Okay. Because and and if I'm honest, like the coping part, it wasn't coping; it was faking. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would say it's different for me because even though I'm depressed, even though like I was at the point I was at, I was still taking a shower. I was still faking it. I was I was faking so good. I literally attempted suicide in my house six different times, four to six times. And no one knew, not a single soul, no one. So it's just like, so, I don't, so let I don't me know. ask you this. Um, you're saying it's different, but I'm sure there's a lot of great actors and fakers that are also dealing with stuff like this. And it, like from my point of view, me knowing you for all these years, when you told me that it was just, it was a shocker because it was it was just a complete shock. Like I didn't I didn't even know what to think about it. It was so shocking because like you said, you're a great actor. So for the people like that they don't know, like I don't I didn't know. For the people that may not know, they just know that their their family members are going through mental health stuff. Like what can they do? Um, I think best best again, best case scenario, um, is to always just talk to them. Like now that I'm out of the hospital and I'm I'm healthier, I always make a, a conscious effort to text my, my family at least once a day and say, Hey, how are you doing? Okay. And I and I literally want to know how you're doing. Um mm-hmm. that's really what you need to do. You you as a person but and like, and just think about your own family. I think of it like this, like your own family. If you know for a fact that your own family has a lot of mental illness in it, it's more than likely a fact that one of your family members are going through something right now and just make a conscious effort to just reach out to them. Uh, just a simple, hey, how are you doing today? Could literally stop them for, from uh, attempting suicide, literally. It's a simple, hey, how are you doing today mentally? So you're saying, like, for you, that that could have stopped you as well? Yeah, I would say that could have stopped me. Like, on days where I didn't want to live, someone would um, someone would message me or someone would just, like, say something. And I would just be like, okay, well, there's my reason today to live. Okay. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So um, let's go. Let's go back to your story, and let's go back to the treatment that you received. Um, how was it? Did it help? Okay, so um, oh, the hospital. Okay, so just a like a a preface here. I am not medicated, and even when I was in the hospital, I wasn't medicated, and um, that's that's my own choice, and that's how I feel like works with me best. Um, for me, communicating is a, is my best option right now. I'm not saying that I'll never be on medicine because I'm definitely looking into it sooner or later, but, um, yeah, that was just, just a preface there. But so I went to literally a mental hospital. It was a a mental hospital. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know how a lot of times, like whenever you're on the, like you're you're watching a movie or whatever and you just hear people screaming in the mental hospital and people are like, Oh my god, like, oh, that's crazy. I'll never do that or I'd never do that, blah, blah, blah. Like it just looks crazy, right? Literally crazy. Yeah. Um, the hospital is similar to that, 
but definitely not as exaggerated. Um, the treatment that I received was because it, it was, I just went into the hospital for two and a half days. Um, and in those two and a half days, uh, we always had something to do and we were always like scheduled at specific times. Okay. Um, they did a lot of things for you. And as I'm reflecting back on it now, more than like that, more than likely that's because they want you to feel better. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So like they are going to walk you and treat you like a child to the point where they'll hold your hand to walk out the door or something along those lines or open the door for you. Um, and that's just to, to keep those small, simple things off your brain. You don't have to take care of yourself. We've got you for these two and a half days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I did, uh, I think it's called like DPT therapy. I can't remember what that stands for, but it was group therapy. The people there are not crazy uh, or society's stem of crazy. I'm not crazy because I went to a mental health hospital. Um, it's perfectly normal. And those are things that have such a stigma, I feel like, in, in society. It's such a huge stigma to go into a health hospital like that. Um, did, did group therapy help you? Like what, what was the change? Um, because I know it was hard. Like you said, you, you were there for three days and I remember you could only call for like at the the end point of the day. And then it was like limited your calls and stuff like that. And then there's surveillance and stuff like that. Um, did the treatment help, help you? And, and why do you think it did? Okay, so yeah, treatment definitely helped me because I because I don't ever want to be there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So think of it like this. Okay. So obviously you're in there for suicide, right? So anything in the entire world that could potentially hurt you or harm you is completely changed. So your shower curtain. Sorry, that's not a thing. Instead, uh, you have this big, huge plastic. A bulky piece of slab that's going to go up on your shower. Mm-hmm. Um, you think you're about to have a hard bristle, hard bristle toothbrush. Hell no, you're not getting that. You get this really, really soft one, and it barely has a handle, so that you can't kill yourself with it. Like <laughs> literally anything that you could possibly even attempt to kill yourself with. Um, a pencil. Something so simple, a pencil. The pencils there, number one, had no erasers, and they were rubber, okay? They didn't have real lead at all. The entire pencil was rubber. Um, It's just, it's absolutely crazy. You're in uh, these clothing, these paper clothing, because clothing can be taken apart, and um, you can try and hang yourself with it. It's just like everything is monitored. You get... Uh, surveillance, like you were talking about, your phone calls are monitored. Um, you're on a limited amount of phone call. I could only call from seven to 10, but there were like 20 people there and mm-hmm. all of us had to call someone. So it's just, it was the, it was just crazy there. It was crazy. I, I never want to go back there again. And that's really my motivation. My motivation at this point is Never getting back to where I was before so that I do not have to go back into that place. <laughs> um, can you talk about how, how did group therapy help? Did it help? Group therapy helps because um, 
get to hear other people's story. Uh, they're like, you would think that there's a lot of young people there. Like, that was my thought. My thought was, oh, there's a lot of young people that commit suicide, so there's going to be a lot of young people in these hospitals. But in reality, most of the people that were there, I think I was the youngest, and I'm, wow. I'm 24. Um, a lot of them were a lot older women, like uh, like 50. Mm. 50. Um, okay. And so... Just hearing other women's stories like, hey, I've been through this and I've been through that. And like, I'm just I'm I'm alive. I'm here. Um, but I've dealt with this for a really, really long time. It just gives me hope that like. I may be I may be 50 years old. I may still be dealing with mental illness, but hey, I'm still going to be alive. I'm still going to be here and I'll be able to deal with it. Can you talk about your your recent because I know that one wasn't the best like your latest experience with the therapist and what made that experience not the best for you? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people have this idea that therapy, whenever you first go is going to be, as soon as you get in there, he's going to start asking you all these questions about how your day has been and what's going through your mind. And then you can unload. And now all of a sudden you're perfect and alive and you're, you're great. You've unloaded. Um, but your first visit to a therapist's office is an intake. So what that basically just means is that they're not really going to ask you anything important about your day or make you feel better that time. Um, the only thing they're going to do is ask you questions about your history and your past and, you know, how you're, how, um, why are you basically going to therapy? That's really why. Mm -hmm. And then, um, your second time they do start talking to you. But it's still not what you really want. The, my experience, um, because I'm queer, I'm, I was, my, my therapist was a cisgendered white man. Um, and he, whenever I was telling him about my queer experiences and like things that I've been going through within my own relationship that have evolved my relationship and things along those lines, it was almost like he just ignored me almost. Mm. He was like, oh, oh, the world is just changing around us. It's so different now. Oh, whoa. And like it just I know therapists are not supposed to do that. And it just made me feel like, OK, well, I feel really uncomfortable talking to you about my queerness and yeah. the identity that I'm going through right now. And so because of that, I stopped seeing him. So, like, you just got to find a, a therapist, like, a queer-friendly therapist. If you're queer, uh, you need to find someone who you're going to feel comfortable talking to because if not, it's not going to help at all. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's really a shame, though, that you had to go through that because for some people, they could discourage them from going all together, especially when they need right. it. Like, if you a therapist, like, that shouldn't even be like you need to be up to, up to date on everything. It shouldn't you nothing should surprise you as far as just people living. Um, I think so. The mm-hmm. fact that the dude was like that is just really it's gross. But I wanna can I can I interject? I wanna ask you a question, like okay, as far go. as this goes, because I think it's really important whenever you talk about mental health that you talk about like um like how it affects your friends and how it affects your family. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, like, you guys seeing me 
and you didn't know that I was suffering in silence. Like, mm. you did not know. So, like, whenever I went into the hospital and I told you all of this stuff, like, because you've known me for a really long time and you never knew, like, how did it make you feel? Like, were you, did you feel like you were betrayed? Like, I lied to you? Like, how did you feel, honestly? I think I went through different phases, like, kind of, you know, the stages of grief, I guess. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So, at first, of course, I was shocked. I was just like, what? Um, what? And then you told me the amount of times, and I'm like, what? And then you explained different situations where you had done it, and I was trying to call you, and you told me you were going to sleep, and I was just like, what? Like, it was just a lot of going back and processing things and thinking of, did I see signs? Did I miss the signs? What is this? And then um, at certain points, like, in my own selfishness, every once and then, every now and then, uh, a thought would pop up about, wow, she was she, is this a lie? Was I betrayed? Why didn't she disclose this with me? Why didn't she feel comfortable enough to tell me? I was, so I, I was messed up. Like, it was already, it was a lot of stuff going on anyway. But just that in general, just, I just, I was just messed up. Like, whenever I thought about it, I just started crying and, and tearing up about it because it just it really broke my heart that you were going through all this stuff and and didn't feel comfortable telling me and I feel like you know we're extremely close so I just it just messed me up and that's why like maybe like I may have forced not I didn't force you to go but I, I was pressing the issue and I continue to press the issue of you um <laughs> just making sure you you're getting help because I was it just freaked me out like I was like I can't this can't happen and that Sunday, I was I was begging you, please tell them the truth so you can go in there, but you didn't want to do it. But when you finally went on Wednesday, I was just like, thank you, Lord, because I know something something will help. This will be way better than her, you know, just having to be at the house and dealing with everything. So, yeah. And it's still, yeah. like, it's still kind of, like, in the back of my head. Like, not that you're going to maybe commit suicide this time but maybe you're gonna you uh do something harmful to yourself or something like that and so that's why you know i'm I'm really um you know trying to encourage you to to continue to seek help even though this last therapist wasn't the best but to to find somebody that does work so that you can continue to to get better um it's really interesting i think it's interesting like on my side because Oh, gosh. Like, I remember whenever I was in the hospital or whatever, and I was just thinking to myself, I was like, man, (laughs) I really freaked them out. And, like, I know that's not funny at all, but, like, my dad and you and my cousin, like, I, I was thinking back to it, like, literally thinking back to it now and remembering how I was acting and remembering how I was processing things and things like that, like, I really freaked you guys out, like, really crazily, and so, like, I understand now why you guys were pressing, pressing it so hard to, to go, um, but, like, at the time, I was just like, oh, my God, will they just leave me alone, like, I just, I want to die, will they just leave me alone, you know, I don't know, yeah, like, at the time, I was, wasn't thinking about that, but, like, now that I think back, I'm like, God, I really freaked you guys out, I really did, Right, because that's, it's like it's been in your head, like, duh, of course I've been dealing with this. But yeah, it's like, like we don't <laughs> know 
and it's just yeah. like boom and it's just like oh well, what you gonna do I you know, know like I felt I felt pretty bad because it was you're right like it it's been in my head all of these times like all of my life it's been here and so then when I finally came out with it it, it was almost like everyone's like whoa 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 like what oh my god I can't believe it. like I think that kind of made my anxiety to a little bit worse because uh-huh. it was like, oh, God, I just told these people something that I never, ever, ever wanted them to know. Mm. And they're kind of like freaking out about it a bit. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of pushed me to go to the hospital so I could show you guys like, hey, I'm alive. I'm fine. Like, I'm OK. I just I just had a little moment there where I needed some, some help. Do you think that coping? Coping positively um, can um, replace getting therapy and medication. As a queer person, as a very queer person, very queer, trying to find a therapist is almost impossible. Mm. Um, I cannot imagine being queer and a person of color on top of that finding 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 uh someone who i feel like i can talk to and be comfortable with is just i feel like myself is just impossible like i um like i always i i research like a bunch of therapists and things like that around here where i live and like honestly none of these people are specialized in LGBT stuff. None of these people are able to to handle those type of things. Most of the therapies, especially in the South, are all going to be like religion based. So, um, my my answer to your question, long story short, is that it really depends on your situation and where you live. It really depends on what's going to make you the happiest. Um, positive reinforcement and being a positive person on top of going to therapy has helped me tremendously. Mhm. Okay. I feel like myself, like if I I feel so much better than I did. I don't like just being positive about things instead of dwelling on them and dwelling on them and dwelling on them as I was before. Um has made me literally feel so much more like myself. It's been it's it's crazy. And I think people can even tell that, like, on the podcast, like, your whole mood and the way you treat joy and the way you just approach everybody. It's more positive. And it, it, that, can be, that can be clearly seen outwardly. So um, it's a good look. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. what, what, what else was I going to Not everything is trash now, guys. Not yeah. everything is trash now. So that's kind of what I was going to ask you at the end. Like, where are you now? Like, are you, like, 180? Are you just kind of getting there? I know you, you just kind of started, but, like, how are you feeling? Do you, What are the next steps you're going to take to to better yourself mentally? And what, what advice would you give to other people in the same situation? Where am I at now? Okay, um... So obviously, like I said, I'm not medicated. So I do still have really high highs and really low lows. Um, 
So, and, and I'm kind of high. I'm, when I say I have high highs and low lows, I mean like my mood swings. I have like really crazy mood swings. So um, right now where I'm at is in the highs. And I feel really great about life right now. I feel like I can make it through pretty much anything that I put my mind to. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm still going to be able to do it. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay. As far as um, therapy goes, I'm doing my best to find someone who I feel I can feel comfortable with and things along those lines. Um, And what would I recommend for someone in my same situation? Don't hide it. Stop. Stop hiding it. Stop hiding it. Stop stop telling yourself that you're okay. Stop saying that. Stop telling your family you're okay. Stop trying not to be a burden to somebody. Be that burden for one time. Just mm-hmm. do it. Just yeah. talk to them. Just tell them what's going on in your brain. That's it. Yep. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much, KT, for being a guest on Talk It Out Podcast. And for <laughs> being vulnerable with us. I know it. I know it's, it was rough, and you know, to get this vulnerable with everybody. Um, but yeah, we yeah, definitely yeah. appreciate it. And if you learned anything, or or what, or KT's story or testimony, have you, um, touched you or anything? Make sure you, uh just hit us up, and uh, you can send a message to KT. Or if you just want to send some positive words and encouragement to KT or any of us, you can hit us up on social media, Facebook.com slash Talk It Out Podcast, Instagram at Talk It Out Podcast, Twitter at Talk It Out underscore pod. And KT has an Instagram uh, at KT underscore does R in the Twitter. So if you want to hit her up and, uh, you know, uh, send her some some funny memes and stuff, some, something like that or check up on her or whatever, you can hit her up over there as well. Um but thank you guys for, like I said, your patience and for being patient with us. Um, we know you re- y'all really know what was going on. We kind of just went uh, MIA for a second. But um, we're back. And we're back to have these these conversations and to talk it out. Um, I think there's no more housekeeping. Um, it's about to be our one-year anniversary, I guess, next week, girl. I don't know. Um, I mean, our two-year anniversary. Um <laughs> Girl, I don't even know, know, but but it's going to be an anniversary. And uh, thank you guys, because I definitely didn't think we'd be doing this for two years, but um, we are. And we love every single one of you who comment, who share, who who talk to us, all that good stuff. You guys are the best. Anything else you want to say, KT, before we close it? Just thank you, everyone, of course, for... For sending positive vibes and for having me in your thoughts and things along those lines. So, yep, that, that's basically it. Thank you all so much. All right. This has been your girl, Gabby. And Katie. And this has been Talk It Out Podcast. Talk It Out. Talk It Out. Yep.